swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So today we got your right wing rankings. That's all I really had prepared for the intro. Thanks, guys. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. I like it. I like it. Keep it fucking moving. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So I guess there's a couple things we should talk about. Uh, Our Five Hole listener leagues, we're just about wrapping up the uh, getting in there, whatever that registration, there's the word for it. So if you wanted to be in the five hole listener leagues, you can uh, hit me up on Patreon or Discord or whatever, and uh, we'll get going that way. If you guys want to find us on Twitter, we're at FHF Hockey. We have that Fantasy Hockey Discord for you to join. It's free. It's rad. Uh, Before we get into the right wing rankings, we are going to be talking a couple pieces of notes that happened today. Nazem Kadri signing with the Calgary Flames, Carey Price's outlook going into the season is uh is not good not good so let's start off with Kadri guys this was a big one for the majority of this offseason we thought he was going to be going to the Islanders we've talked about it a couple times before like we've even given projections and and kind of takes on what that would do to the Islanders but here we are curveball August 18th Kadri goes to the Flames and just boosts the value of the three Battle of Alberta games that we're going to get this year I wish there were more but that's all we got. We got Kadri and Evander Kane in Battle of Alberta. That's going to be pretty badass. <laughs> I want to, uh, Raj, let's start with you, man. What's your top six look like? What's the outlook for Kadri? I know you're uh, you're pretty big on his regression going into this year. I'm very big on his regression. I think even if he stayed in Colorado, but I, I sent you yeah, the stats in one of our chats earlier today, just to like his overall career stats. And I mean, if there's such thing as an outlier, I mean, that's the definition of it, right? Like he just, he had a fantastic season and it's not going to happen again. Um, I think he's going to do good on Calgary and he's going to be good for them. And I mean, they've always got huge holes to fill, but I mean, he's a great second line center. I just don't see him anywhere near the point pace or totals he had last year. I just the picture, the picture you sent was uh, of his totals since 2014-15. Here's his assists: 21, 28, 29, 23, 28, 17, 21, 59. <laughs> yeah, like so. Yeah, sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, We're not breaking new ground here, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, saying that. Uh, that was a career year. Well, of course it was. But, I mean, of course there's going to be some sort of regression when you're playing with Blake Coleman and, and Andrew Mangiapane, most likely on that second line, because that's really the only thing that makes sense. And it's not like they have money to go out there and make something happen, you know? They had to ship out Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan is in Montreal now. And a first-round pick. Did you read any of those conditions? This is the most conditional, conditional pick I've ever seen in my life. It was a like a thesis <laughs> on, okay, well, so I guess Calgary has Florida's first round pick too. And like, there's this condition that if, if one's earlier, they get the earlier pick. But if Florida's pick doesn't pan out, it's this whole nightmare to read. 
They moved a little bit of money out. Uh, the top six looks pretty, pretty beefy now. Like this is a good freaking team, guys. Mm-hmm. This this defense, I've already said it before, it might be the best in the league. Adding Uyghur to like Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin, uh, Rasmus Anderson. This is a good defense. Now there's two possible, and and this is an argument we've been having for a while. Is 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 it Mangiapane? Is it Tofoli? All three of us think it's going to be Tofoli, but there is mm-hmm. a chance, and there is a good likelihood that we're going to see Mangiapane on that top line at some time. They're going to try them both out. You know, majority of the year, it's probably going to be Toffoli, and that's just our guess going into the season. But, uh, you know, if it's Mangiapane, that's huge. I mean, you could split it up as like a two and two. Ride duos? Yeah. Yeah. I think Which it, would yeah. put, you know, Toffoli on the second line with Kadri. They play, you know, almost too similar of a game. So you'd have to think that that wouldn't work. And you're not putting Lindholm down to the second line. The edge goes to Mangiapane in terms of speed, though. That's that's the argument that uh, that I've been hearing, is that you could put Mangiapane up there just because he's a little bit quicker than Toffoli, but the pure shot volume is just very much in, in Toffoli's favor. What I'm really worried about, though, is looking at their cap situation next year and having to sign Mackenzie Weger. I think that's going to be a big deal. I mean, they don't have a lot of money to work with, and he's a UFA next year. So now they're bringing on a Nazem Kadri contract that's seven years, $7 million per year. He's the second highest paid player on that team. Where are you going to find the, the money to sign Weaker? That's the thing. I mean, Alucic, he's also a UFA. Okay, you're gone. That's fine. Um, but they're going to have to move some pieces. I just think the Lucic money goes straight to Weaker. That's how they would make that work, I think. They've been waiting for Lucic to get the fuck off the books. Really? So I think, all right, top power play, uh, you know, Huberto's a lock, Lindholm's a lock, Kadri's now a lock. We're, I don't know, 75-25 to Foley, Mangiapane for that fourth piece, and then it's just a question mark at D. Um, you know, is it Uyghur? Is it Anderson again? That That's going to be a wait-and-see type of thing. not be Uyghur? That makes no sense that it wouldn't be Mackenzie Uyghur. Makes no sense. Daryl Sutter. I'm not going to pretend I know what's going on in his brain. I don't know. Like Part of me thinks Blake Coleman goes up on the top line just because it is Daryl Sutter. I'm trying really hard to like put down my Blake Coleman bias, and it's hard. But you know he just fits Daryl Sutter so much. And now you're bringing in a Nazem Kadri too. So is that just like a beef line? Is that just the way that line's going to go? Do you move Lindholm over to the right wing and have Kadri as your first line center? Probably not, but it's a, it's an option they have now. A lot's, a lot's going to go on here. So top to bottom, Raj, you, you're pointing at regression, but what is your projection on him for next year? Between 65 and 70, and I'm honestly leaning more towards about 65 to 67. I don't see him anywhere near the pace he had last year. Just it, it's Calgary's a great team, but it's it's a far more defensively great team. Just to set the record straight, none of us think he's going to repeat. None of us. No, no. Of course he's not going to get another 87 points. You don't you know need I mean? to convince us. Or, you know, 95-point uh, friggin' pace, you know? I think that top power play is going to be is going to be pretty intense for him. Like, I, I don't know what role he's going to play there. Maybe he fits in as a, a net front. That's a very Nazem Kadri-esque role that he could play. Yeah. And I think that would benefit him. There's going to be a ton of greasy goals for him right in the crease there. So, I don't know, 30 goals... 
35, 40 assists. I could see 70 happening. Like just, you know, piling on the power play points that he did see in uh, Colorado this past year. So, you know, obviously you're not going to get Colorado-like numbers, but you nobody's saying it can't be close. So I, don't, I would definitely wouldn't say 70's out of the question. Oh, Jesus, way too rich for that. And and I and I love Nazem Khatri. But I mean, I'm a uh, I'm a bit stymied on that second line. Uh, you know, Blake Coleman is a guy who we've proven to and and he has too to be. You know, he's a 45 point guy. You know, and that's say he's he's always kind of had that same deployment. That's just what he's become is a 40 something point player. And then you put in even if it is you know Mangiapane on that other side. He's not going to score a, a ton of points, and Kadri isn't going to go out there and do it all himself. Like he does get a lot of those like bullshit goals, so like he needs the help. He needs the shots on goal, and you're not always going to get that. I mean, uh, Mangiapane is definitely going to be throwing pucks on net, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'm actually probably even leaning more towards the 65. I think 70 is a little too rich for my blood. I'm down for 70. Like he had 29 power play points last year. That's easily his career high. Like since he's been in Colorado, it's been 11, nine, now 29. So he, he saw, you know, a lot more power play production. And to say that he's not going to get 20 power play points with Huberto, with Lindholm in Calgary, I don't know. Like that, that's a hard bet for me. Maybe we do think maybe that he's going to get great time on ice. I'll say yeah. that. Like that's his best chance at getting any points is the fact that I, I think he'll be out there, you know, pretty much not all the time, but like I think he's going to get probably around 20 minutes time on ice. 21 of his uh, 59 assists were power play assists, just to put it in perspective. So like there was a, there's a lot going on. Colorado power play, Calgary power play. You know, maybe it's not the same tier, the but it's definitely the same sport. Good. They're going to be is. good. And that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. So like, you know, 20 power play points. I think that's possible. And he's been a 60-point player with 11 power play points. So you, you give him another 10, that's 70 right there. I really don't think it's that hard of a reach. I'm okay with 70 to 75. 71 might be exactly where I nail him down, but that does fall within the range of 70 to 75. I'll take the under on 71. Yeah, me too. All right, Carey Price is out. Um, here's, the, here's the direct quote, because I don't want to set it in stone that he is out just yet. At this point... Here's the quote. At this point, we don't expect Carey to be available for the start of the season. Quite frankly, I don't know if there's path for Carey to return this season through the rehab process. So a little bit of doubt kind of cast on, on his season as a whole. It's already been set in stone that he's not going to be there for the start of the season. This is a guy I'm not going to draft. This is a team that we didn't want any part of, but it does put the work share, the workload on Jake Allen now at this point, who's going to get volume. He's going to get volume. I mean, what are your backups now? It's like Caden Primo, Samuel Montembeau. Yes. Um, I've got to be forgetting somebody. Please tell me I'm forgetting somebody. <laughs> you don't think they could be out there looking at a, a Jake Reimer? James Reimer? James Reimer? Jeez, <laughs> no. I just said Jake I don't Reimer, know. didn't I? <laughs> sure did. But we also have to put ourselves in the shoes of the Montreal Canadiens. Like, do they want to win? I don't think they do. No. It's true. Now they have Sean Monahan. So their depth chart here is Carey Price, Jake Allen, Samuel Montembeau. I'm looking for anybody. Yeah, Caden Primo. That's it. 
And actually, Caden Primo needs a he's an RFA right now, so he needs a contract. Yeah, and if you look at like what Montreal has lost in the last like year in terms of just overall D, like Carey Price, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie. Oh, I, I think it would be generous to say that this is an AHL defensive squad. Like that yeah. would be generous. Any, any, yeah, any semblance of uh, leadership is kind of done. That sucks, man. That sucks. It, I love Carey Price. If you're desperate for a goalie, desperate in bold, Jake Allen's a uh, a way to go because he's gonna get volume. Like you got Montebo shots against shots against are gonna be there for sure. Starts are gonna be there. Um, saves are gonna be there. Maybe not in droves, but they'll be there. Definitely going to have to adjust projections going into this one. All right, that's going to take us into our rankings. Now, it's the same way we did it in the last one. We each made a list, top 25, right wing. And just to say the same disclaimer, there's going to be guys in here that are you know, left wing, right wing. Uh, we all put Claude Giroux in here. It's been a few years since he's been a center. He was a left wing in Philadelphia, but uh, we're kind of keying him in as a right wing for Ottawa. Now, he might not make the list because it looks like we all kind of collectively have him. Actually, Zach, you're pretty high on him, but uh, his average is outside the top 10. So just as a little teaser, Claude Giroux, his average is he's our 12th ranked right wing. But just to put it out there, there's going to be guys in here that you're like, well, what do you mean? He's left wing, right wing. Why isn't, you know, shut up. We're counting him as a right wing. All right. Dude, I mean, I don't know that I'm getting a chubby over the over the senators the the more the more i look at it and the more i think about it i don't know i'm I'm getting a little hard on Mm, they are gonna lean on that offense because it's there's no defense but there are rumblings about jacob chicker that's great that's great (laughs) that's great i'm fine with them leaning on the offense i'd love to i would love to see them score a bunch of goals that sounds fun (laughs) all right number one senators on my team Number one, we are all agreeing that it is Nikita Kucherov. Yes. It's easy. Uh, This is a position of scarcity right wing. He is a top five player. He has 120 point potential. What else is there to say? That's about it. I think it's obvious. And I think that I think the next one is obvious, too, even though Raj disagrees. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, The consensus is Miko Rantanen as uh, the number two right wing. Raj, you had Mitch Marner, which Zach and I had at number three, which is also the correct way of ranking one, two, three. But uh, go ahead and tell us anyway. I like that Mitch Marner um, had more fantasy points last year and a higher f- fan points per game. But, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> I, I like results. And he's he's always going to be with Austin Matthews. I know he he gets a lot of assists and he's that's because he's passing to Austin Matthews. <laughs> what what else do you need? He's there's I don't think there's any question there. Rantanen's right there. I have no problem if you guys want to gang up being wrong. That's fine. It's not that wrong. It's just slightly wrong. Yeah, but I mean Marner was better than him this year. I think he's going to be better than him next year. That's. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love me some Austin Matthews, and we all know this. But at the same time. Rantanen is always playing with McKinnon, always on the Colorado power play, number one. He takes a ton of shots, just as, uh, you know, Marner does, and I get that. But you get a little more uh, on the uh, on the periphery. Marner gives you some hits, so that's cool. 
But I, I don't know. I, I am always inclined to to think Mika Randon is number two in this conversation. There's an argument for Marner. Like, there really is. It's just 35 goals. That's hard to buy with his kind of profile. Not saying it's not possible, because obviously he did it, but it's just, is it repeatable? Now, his, his career averages have always been like 10-ish, 11-ish. He crept up into 12 this year. It went almost to 16, 15.6. So it, it's not a huge jump when you look at the grand scheme of things, but just it is a deviation from the norm to the point where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Where I'm looking at Rantanen, and he's like always pretty high. And we're getting we're getting 30 goals without question. I don't know. The pace, the pace is pretty close on both of them. You really, you can't go wrong with either one, to be honest. And as much as I love the Maple Leafs, like the power play for Colorado is just so much better. It's so much better. Is it though? Yeah, it is because the Toronto power play consists of Austin Matthews just trying to get a goal. Sounds terrible. What a terrible. And it works. What a terrible thing. But that's what their power play is. But that's the thing. They only have like a, you know, they're like middle of the pack when it comes to power play. Where are you getting your data? Because Toronto was number one last year. They were number one. Yeah. This most recent season, they were number one at 27.3. Colorado was down at seven. Behind Nashville. Like, I'm not saying it's not a good power play, but I, I like to say it's so much better. That's a stretch. I, I Like, I would definitely put them in the same league. I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado is better next year. They do have their droughts, without a doubt. Like they they go through these heavy droughts, but without a without fail, every single season they come out of the gate so hard that it just it pads their stats for the rest of the year. Like they've been they've been better for a while. They were better two years ago. Well, yeah, they've been consistently better than than Colorado. But I don't know, like it's it, the argument isn't as strong as I was thinking. I, like I was like, all right, Rogers, Rogers wrong. Well, Rogers wrong with uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. He's got a better power play. He got more points last year. They're both a hundred point threats. I think they're both a hundred and ten point threats. But yeah, like I, I just I don't know. This this one is as as hairy as it can get. Like I think you know if we're talking tiers, one, two, three. There's your tier. There's your top right wings and it's only because here at number four where we all agree on david posternock i'm not sold and like i know this is kind of like where he should be this is where he should be ranked and like he is a top five at least he was but he had those two years above 100 point pace and then the most recent years it's just it's been like 80 85 he was a 50 goal threat in 2019 20 but no marchand yeah I mean, that's it's a fair argument, sure. doesn't help. I think, t- you know, Taylor Hall will be up there. It's going to be Patrice Bergeron, not sweating that one. He had 48 goals three seasons ago. And then it's down to 40, which is, is hard to bitch about, but, like, that really stifles your pace. He, he was 111-point pace in 1920. Now he's 88. And I'm not saying, like, the 100-point ceiling has completely disappeared, but to not be there consistently and, and be inside the 80-ish range... You know, two years of 100 and then two years of 80. Which one do you buy? Like, you know, both of them have the same amount of credence. Yeah. I mean, was it not this past year where he also lost his son? That could be right. Yeah. So, I mean, 
that doesn't usually help. So, I mean, I'd put a little stock there. But you know what I also think is the, another reason is because of how much worse Chicago's gotten. So I didn't really feel threatened to put Kane ahead of him just because of what Chicago's lost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but Patrick Kane could get moved. He could. He very much could. But this is another case of, like, that's the right-wing drop-off that um, that gets talked about right there. Like, Pasternak's maybe on the after the drop-off now. I think he is, yeah. I think I think there's a gap there, whereas in the past there was a gap after Kane. But I think Kane and Pasternak, at least for the moment, have lost some significant value from a couple of years ago. I'd love to be wrong on this one too. And like looking deeper into his numbers a little bit, 38 power play points in that 111 point year, you know, this past year was 26. Tory Krug is gone. That's a big part of the distribution of that power play. And that guarantee that's what that's working into it. Like you, right now you don't have Charlie McAvoy to start the season. You don't have Matt Grizzlick to start the season. What's going to go on with that power play is that's like 20 to 30 games where you're, you don't have a true power play quarterback riding that power play. And, and like, what does Pasternak's outlook look like throughout a season? You know, he has been playing more second line time this year. It'll be with Krejci and it'll be with uh, Taylor Hall after everybody gets back and healthy. Maybe they stack the top line, but I think the days of the perfection line are in the past. I think the perfection line, we can call them, you know, that, that's Landis Gog McKinnon ranted in, in my opinion. And, and that's all that's all fine and all, but this is the whole thing. So the reason I have him at number four, because I'm not putting Cat Patrick Kane there. I'm not putting Timo Meyer there, who we all have, you know, at five and six, respectively. You know what I mean? Kane is losing, you know, a just under point per game player in Alex Dabrinkit and 40 and 40 plus goals. You know what I mean? He's going to be playing with, you know, Athanasio. Yeah. A miss, a miss, a mismatch of a, of a fucking team. Hmm. Like, yeah, what, you're going to put Athanasio on that top line or freaking Tyler Johnson? Like, come on. But that ties into my point so perfectly. Patrick Kane is going to, you know, lose a ton of assists. He's still going to be able to create goals for himself, but I can't put him above David Pasternak for this upcoming season for that reason and that reason alone. That's my point exactly with, with my questions surrounding David Pasternak is we're not talking about the good things that he could do. We're talking about how we just can't put anybody else ahead of him. So this isn't, you know, we're not padding David Pasternak right here. We're we're kind of like, well, he's he's not as like he's he's better than this guy and he's better than this guy. So like it fits at number four, but like it wouldn't surprise me to see Timo Meyer at, at number four at the end of the year or Kevin Fiala or like you know. That's why the right wing market drops off so freaking drastically. Like it really does. Yeah, I think there is a lot a lot of decent ones. Like, I mean, looking all the way down to number 25 on our list, there's a lot of decent ones, but there's a huge gap right right around there for sure. Like there's three three elite ones now, I think. It drops off pretty quick, but I think I don't know. I'm also looking at David Pasternak's shooting percentage these past two years and they haven't been his, you know, 16ish 15 average self. It's been 11 and 12. So there is still hope for him to get back to 50 goals. His shot volume is incredible. Four and a, like almost four and a half a game. Like the, it could it could happen. For him to go 45-45, I'd be perfectly in on that. That leads us right into our our five and six, which we kind of already talked about. We all have Patrick Kane at five, all have 
Timo Meyer at six, Patrick Kane right off the top. Who the hell is in Chicago at this point? You know, it's it's pretty much Patrick Kane. I'm I'm hearing Edmonton, Edmonton sniffing around him, man. Which is wild, <laughs> which is wild. Could you imagine? Like if if they can throw a first round pick, like if this is truly a win now team with Patrick Kane, it would be. You know, throw a first round pick at him. Oh my god! With Patrick Kane for one year, I think there's one year left on his contract at fifty percent retained. This is a five million dollar player. You know, attach something to somebody to to get. I don't know. Tyson Berry out of there. That's four and a half million. Like you can make the numbers work. You really can. It, it would be it would be crazy, and and that would be a perfect thing to get rid of. Is you know, an offensive defenseman that you don't exactly need, nor his money. Like yeah, you don't. They're gonna try to go out there and just. The point of Could the game is to you. score more goals than the other team. That's what <laughs> they're gonna try to do. Yeah. Could you imagine though? Man, Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, Patrick Kane on a line together with Leon Dreisaitl on the power play. Yeah. Incredible. That would be massive. Obviously, it's just a, you know, it's a rumor at this point, but if someone can pull it off, it, it's it's uh it's the Oilers right now, I think. I think they could do it something. It would bold. be the closest thing to like dream team as you could possibly get. Yep. 3 100 point worthy players on a team it would be insane uh, but anyway we're, we're talking about patrick kane in chicago right now like there's still <laughs> different scenario there's still 75 points you know kind of like i i think that's a neighborhood he can live in even without like you know he's gonna make other people better um you know we saw him without panarin and we were all like oh my god what's gonna happen to patrick kane at this point and th- this was at a point where DeBrincat wasn't really playing on the same line. Like there was one, two. Jeremy Colladin was kind of a nightmare with that, splitting those guys up. We've seen Patrick Kane play by himself. This is just the most by himself he's ever been. Like this is the most alone he's ever been. Well, and that's that's not good considering like last year he led right wings in assists. So who's gonna score? How do you get assists, Raj? I. Th- Think someone's got to score. By Alex Debrinket scoring forty one. I think goals. that's yeah. a big part of those sixty six assists. Yeah, that's somebody probably. else needs to score a goal for that. So you know he might have a bump in goals because he's going to have to be the guy who does it. But there's no way in hell he's going to get sixty six assists on Chicago next year. Nah. And twenty two of those assists were on the power play. The yeah. power play is just Patrick Kane now. So. He is elite enough. I could see him just like getting 40 goals, uh, but more like f- 35 to 40 assists. You know, it could be something that drastic. I'm looking at like his stats, like that 26 goal, 49 assist season he had in 17, 18. That looks a lot like what he's going to do this year. Like I, I would have him for 75 right there. 25, 50, 75. That's that's the season I'm I'm predicting for him with a with still a serious shot at being a point per game player. Yeah, I, I don't think that's. But going. if he gets traded, I I feel like if he gets traded to anywhere, <laughs> anywhere yeah. he could. Yeah. No, seriously, you're right. Because anywhere right. he gets traded to, they're going to be trading for him for a fucking reason. You know what I mean? Even Arizona would be a better destination at this point. Buffalo, come on! I would poor Clayton Keller in Buffalo. That would be poetic. I think this could happen. Is what it is. Patrick Kane's at number five. Timo Meyer at number six. Those were across the board. So that's a 
You know, it's a perfect average. Four, five, six, we all agreed. TMO Meyer. I think there's an argument for him ahead of Patrick Kane with the hits, depending on what kind of league you're in. Like, I, I think there's 75 points here with hits, with the same amount of shots, and arguably a better team. I, I think the Sharks are definitely, there's more players there, right? So I don't know. I, I think there's an argument for him inside the top five, to be honest. In a categories league, I would absolutely. I mean, Meyer actually substantially outshot Patrick Kane this year. But, you know, I, I really feel like Patrick Kane is going to take way more shots this year and be have to be more of a goal scorer. But I think like Timo Meyer in a categories league is is absolutely elite like his hits are crazy his shots i mean 326 shots this year to patrick kane's 287 right so it's like he actually outshot him yeah he dominated yeah about the same amount of games so yeah for sure it does change in the categories league i'd say sharks suck third in the league i don't even <laughs> want to have i don't even want to have timo meyer there but the whole thing is timo meyer's the only one i trust on that team who else do you trust on that team you trust bear Panov? nope nope no. Do you trust Tomash Hurdle? I no. no, you shouldn't. Yeah, like he's shouldn't. he's sturdy. He could he like, could be. Yeah, he he's he that's the whole thing. Tomash Hurdle is supposed he's supposed to be good. We've been waiting for him to fucking knock it out of the park since, you know, he almost scored a point per game, like back Eric in Carlson, fucking like not trustworthy. 18. That's what I'm saying. I, they, do you, who who do you trust? Like I, I wish I could trust Timo Meyer. Well, I trust Timo Meyer. Because he's going to yeah. st- go out and still play his game, but shit. Like, I don't trust anybody that they could even possibly put on that line. Yeah, Couture, Ooh, he's not Couture. trustworthy. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Eric Carlson, no thanks. Like Sharks suck. That's that's also true. <laughs> that's also true. Team Meyer definitely does not suck, though. Yeah. No, he and doesn't. No, 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 I'm not saying he does, but man, like, it, the, where is he getting the help from? That's my That's my thing. Nowhere. Nowhere. It shows in the stats, 35 goals, 41 assists. It's almost a 50-50 split here. So he is he's doing a lot by himself. And whenever he's on the ice, there's four other people there with him, and that's where he's going to get his assists. So if he can get 10 assists out of every player, <laughs> you know. He definitely didn't rely on uh, power play points or anything either, right? No, and that's what's that's what's awesome too is you know only eighteen power play points out of his seventy six points here. Like, sign me up, dude. This guy, I like him a lot, and only you know healthy secondary assist rate too. I like shots, and that's what attracts me to players. So Timo Meyer fits, and then right behind it is hits and goals. So Timo Meyer is one of my favorites here gotta have him all right this is where we start to deviate guys um i either forgot mark stone or don't like him as much as you zach because you had him here at number seven which i would have fought you on even if i had him on my list but you you don't have him on your list at all no he's not he did hey you don't have him on your list at all no it was an oversight on my part yeah it was definitely an oversight but like i'm trying to fit i'm trying to figure out where i'd put him I would put him at 15 here. Maybe. I think that I think that if him and Eichel can stay, you know, on the ice, which is, you know, what they've had the problem with the past couple of years, obviously, especially with Eichel. But I think Jack Eichel is super excited to fucking, you know, well, not be in Buffalo and just I think he is super excited, just in general, which I think we can all agree with. 
He's a very good player. Mark Stone, you know, was the very good player on that team before, and now he has a, a you know, a hundred point possible player playing alongside him. I think that uh, could be a really good thing. So I think we could have him in the top, you know, top ten. But at the same time, to not even have him on the list, I understand if you just forgot about him. Yeah, but I did. For Raj to just say, "Nah, man, I just don't have him on fucking list." Like I think that's a little much. It's also not what I said, though. So. I thought that is what you said. No, no. I thought you were just like, nah, man, didn't have him on there. No, I'd have him. No, man, no. He's definitely. I'd. I would have him above Rust on our list. What at uh, at fifteen? That's where I kind of had him. Like I have Kiru, Kairu at uh, fifteen. If I'm in a draft, I'm probably taking Kairu first, and then I got Giroux right behind him. Maybe I, I would probably take him over Jesper Bratt, who I had at seventeen. So. Jesus, I would hope so. That would be hard to believe. Yeah, but there's like that you would take you know, Jesper Bratt over Mark Stone. That's that's crazy. That's crazy to me. You know, I'll figure that math out afterwards. But for right now, our number seven is Kevin Fiala, who I had at seven, Raj had at seven, and you had down at eleven. Now, playing with Anze Kopitar versus Freddie Gaudreau in a new system that he's going to have all summer to get used to. You know, he got paid. This is a team where he's going to be top line, top power play, which is not something that could be said in Minnesota, who, you know, number one, split power plays two kind of evened up the lines a little bit. He did see power play one time here and there, but it wasn't consistent enough to call him like a true power play threat. I think we get that from him this year. I think we get a true top like point per game for me for Kevin Fiala, I think is a lock. You know, health with notwithstanding, like if he if he's healthy, I got him for point per game. You convinced me of him, actually. This, this is the first time in his career. This is the first time in his career he's even been a point per game. First time. And all of a sudden he's gonna go to a new he's gonna go to a new place where Andre Kopitar, you know, he he could he could have a really good season, but sometimes he just straight up don't. If you had to guess, how many times has Anze Kopitar been point per game? Not very many. Um, I would think probably 10 times. One. Once. There you go. See, there Once. you go. Once. I think Anze Kopitar is, is, uh, is closer to it. So you got Kevin Fiala here at number seven, going to a brand new team, playing with Anze Kopitar, and I had Mark Stone, who's playing with a a literal point per game player, and I think we could agree on that for Jack Eichel. How does any of this make sense? There's, We're in like there's this fucking topsy turvy world. I had Kevin Fiala outside <laughs> my top ten. Nope. So I think what is gonna set this argument straight is that we don't have Kevin Fiala is one of the he is the picture, the poster boy for second half breakout like he has this really slow first half this last year 29 points in 38 games for his first half second half 56 points in 44 games that's 104 point pace if he does that for a whole season point per game is going to be no freaking problem and this is also a team that wants him a team that can afford him a team that went out and bought him a team that has a suitable first line for him team that has a excellent playmaker in Anze Kopitar on his line, a goal scorer in uh, Adrian Kempe. He has all the weapons he needs. Plus, he'll be top power play there. 
you know, 104 point pace last year. It's also a team that has like the 26 ranked power players. Yeah, last like year that. it did. But you just added Kevin Fiala. Andrew Doughty. Andrew Doughty played 30 games, you know? So, I, I, you know, if I could break it down, I wonder what their power play was before Drew Doughty went down. Drew Doughty was, was on fire. And Anze Kopitar was on fire when Drew Doughty was healthy. So, I, you know, I, th- I think this is a match made in heaven. This is a perfect perfect acquisition i'm really high on kevin fiala 85 points man point per game to 85 i think is easy you can do it then then you can overdraft him like everybody else seems willing to do they have been they have been and that that might be a reason why he doesn't wind up on any of my rosters this year but like he's going in like the freaking like third fourth round fourth round yeah most of the time it's crazy it is a bit crazy but I think I'm it's, not. It's I'm not spending a fourth, uh, a third, or a fourth round pick on Kevin Fiala. I'm not doing it. No, me it ain't gonna happen. Me neither. It's just one of those things. Like if he falls to the fifth, he's to me, he's an easy grab. Fifth round sounds so much more comfortable, but like fourth round is a gamble. If you're sure, like I am, go for it. This whole area here, like between number seven and you know maybe even down to like. 14 yeah, it's a big right it's a big spread yeah these are all guys who relatively similar yeah a big smear of players something about him and kopitar and just going to la i i really i got high hopes for point per game again when i broke down his season into quarters the third quarter he had a minute 49 average power play time on ice he had 26 points in 22 games then he got top power play and he had 30 points in 22 games in his final quarter. So it's it's something clicked. The shots just, shots are great. Shots are so great. Give me all the Kevin Fiala. Number eight. Actually, Raj and I had pretty much the same top 10 because you just copied my shit. No, I didn't actually. I was, I was going off your list, but a lot of the top 10 is the same. Me, I have a fucking mind of my own. I got a mind of my own, so I had Mark Stone at number seven. Then I got Line A, Terrace or Line A Giroux, Tarasenko. Your top ten is is weird, man. Fuck y'all, man. Fuck y'all, man. Vladimir Tarasenko don't even want to be there. He's I don't trust good. him. I don't trust him neither. I don't trust Val- Vladimir Tarasenko neither. Mm. I do think that Patrick Line A is going to score a ton of fucking points this year, and I'm telling you. The more I look at this Claude Giroux situation, it looks like it makes sense. It's perfect. I think he's going to be great. Like he is a playmaker that that complements Alex DeBrincat so incredibly well. It's it's making me even want like a Tim Stutzla in like the later rounds. I think that he's a fantastic oh, grab. No, he's not going to be there grab. in the later rounds. He is like the he is the marquee sleeper this year. So everybody yeah. knows about him. He's like the sleeper that's not a sleeper. Everybody's after him. I like I like Raj's top ten. Raj's top ten looks real good. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, sometimes sometimes you get stuff right. It's like math, right? So you you get the right answer. It's gonna look the same. <laughs> Are you saying that you guys have you've been around each other so long you're kind of getting on the same cycles? Outside of the top three. <laughs> All right. So the consensus here is Vladimir Tarasenko. I think you know he's a threat for 35 goals. The shots are crazy. There's there's increased needs on the top power play with David Perron gone, so somebody's going to fill that void. It might drop down a little bit, but uh, 
you know, there's more opportunity, there's more minutes to go around. Yeah, I like his uh, positioning there. Uh, you had him at number 10, so still well within the top 10. Then we had Patrick Laine, Raj and I, like we've said, both had him at nine, you had a number eight. So this is one that we like really agree on. It's almost like line A is the Debrinket to Giroux's Gaudreau. You know what I mean? Like he's the goal scorer to the playmaker. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about uh, Patrick Line this year. He just seems like a match made in heaven. And I think um I think it seems like a great stack in points leagues. Man, what a stack that would be. A Patrick Line, Johnny Goudreau. They're gonna have some nights, yeah. I think they're gonna have some of those nights this year, like four or five points each a few times. Mm-hmm. Line is just he you know, he's always been moody too. And you know, I think I mentioned that last episode as well. When he's not happy, it like really affects his production. I think he's gonna be absolutely over the moon to get Johnny Goudreau. And just kind of re- try, try to remind everybody that he, you know, only if when he was coming into the league, like he was on, you know, 40, 50, 60 goal expectations. So I think, I don't know if he's a 60 goal guy, but I think, you know, he'll hit the, hit the forties for sure. Well, it's the first time he's playing with a pure goal scorer. Yeah. It'll be a good match. True PLD. Good match. Boone Jenner, baby. Boone Jenner. Uh, just plugging him. A little bit. Uh, Patrick Line was our number nine. Then we had Joe Pavelski, which was, you know, I had him at number 10. Zach, you had him at 12. So that was like, you know, that that kind of finishes out our top 10 here. That line is just so good in Dallas. The Jason Robertson, Rupi Hintz, Joe Pavelski line. It is. And Pavelski defies age year after year. Uh, you know, he got in his groove in Dallas. The first year was kind of like a an assimilation period, but he's gotten past it. But what I think here is like, there's an argument for any of our 11 through 15, like our quote unquote, our honorable mentions here, 11, we all had Sam Reinhardt, um, you know, not, not collectively, but as an average, then we had Drew Nylander, Rust, Batherson that, that finishes out our top 15 here. And honestly, I think you could have any of these guys. Like, there is an argument here for any single one of them. I just think Pavelski, out of pretty much all those, except maybe Giroux, is pretty exciting. But I think Pavelski's just, he is what he is. And I think a big thing with him is, like, age doesn't really affect his style, right? He's a net front tip-in 30-40 to goal scorer. Um, it's not like he's losing speed really affects him that much. And Robertson is just getting better and better and better. So is, is hints. So, you know, and now that maybe that Heiskanen is going to have the power play all to himself. Yeah. I still think he's got another great year left in him easily, very easily. Uh, Zach, I'm looking at your top 10. There's no like outside names. Is there anybody you wanted to throw into this kind of like, here that you could argue for anybody here? Um, I like Tui Verterevainen a lot more than you guys do, obviously. I mean, yeah, Raj, I again, didn't even have him on his list. He had him in honorable mes- mentions. No, he was on 18. Okay, I see that. Well, thank God. Fair enough. I thought you didn't even have him on, on your uh, on your squad here, Raj. Oh, no. be like, no, no. what in the world is going on? Come on. I'm actually really big on uh, Tui Verterevainen this year. I think that Ajo is going to continue to do well. 
Um, I think they're building a top six. We'll is he playing with Aho? I though? think it's smart. I think it's smart. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't he? That sounds stupid to not have him play with with Aho when they've played together so well over the years. And no offense, it hasn't worked the same with having Svechnikov there. Like it, it doesn't look right. It doesn't play out right on the ice. It's just it just seems to be true to me. They don't play well together. You ever watch those games? They just don't. They were leaning Jarvis on that right wing side uh, towards the end of the season. So if it's like Svech, Aho, Jarvis, my my ranking is I, I might not even have Tavo in my top twenty five unless he's playing. And that's kind of like why I snuck him in because I, I feel like the ceiling is probably like you know seventeen above Jesper Brad, maybe around that Mark Stoneish area that I had him. Um, and I, the floor is just straight up not on the list. If he's playing with like Martin Nietzsche's and Jesperi Kakaniemi, that's just the floor. The floor could be bad, yeah. but I, I think that Teravainen has so much, so much upside. I really do. He since he's been playing with Aho, he has been like top fifty in assists. And I don't think he's getting kicked off that power. No, play. no, I, you can't. You need somebody to distribute there, and you know you do have Brent Burns now. So, but I, I you know, I do think Teravainen is on that top power play. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, who else are you going to put up there? Top line's kind of in question for me. Uh, for the record here, I'm just going to go and make sure it gets recorded that I did not have Brock Besser the highest out of the three of us. So that's important to note. Well, I didn't have him highest out of the three of us either, obviously. I hope he has a, a much better year than that. Just wait till we get to D and goalie, <laughs> everybody. Just wait till we get to D and goalie. Yeah, we definitely disagree a little bit more over there. There, there'll be some Vancouver bias, and I'm sure. But I think for goalie, it's it's justifiable. Yeah. But that's it. So I'll I'll go over our top ten collectively here for the right wings: Kucherov at number one, Rantanen at number two, Mitch Marner, then Pasternak, Kane, Meyer, Fiala, Tarasenko, Line, Joe Pavelski. Honorable mentions: eleven through fifteen: Sam Reinhart, Claude Giroux, William Nylander, Brian Rust, Drake Batherson. So there you have it. That is our right wing rankings. We got center, which is going to be, that's going to be fun because center is deep as fuck. Deep as fuck. The, the top 10 is top shit, top 12, 13, 14, 15, even 16 maybe is all point per game guys, which is insane. <laughs> anyway, that's it for our top right wings. If, if you guys want to reach out to us and, uh, you know, give us your opinions on on what we uh, who we were too high on, who we were too low on. Let us know. We're at FHF Hockey. We're in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Uh, and if you're digging it, this is the time where we get the most bad reviews. Is because somebody gets mad about where we ranked somebody, and they leave us a one star review, and it's there forever. So if you guys are liking the show, hit us with a five star on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys are listening, and that would be huge for us. So thanks. Bye. Love you. Love you.